welcome back, everyone, to our second episode of Encounters. Encounters. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. <laughs> We're Corinne and Sabrina. Hey, I'm going to stop whispering. Yeah, we got to do these stories some justice. We've got some good ones today. Really good ones. I, I have trouble finding, like, going through, because I just have to reread them, and then I mm-hmm. want to pick them all, but you yeah, can only me pick too. a few. Yeah, we got so many emails this past week, too. I know. Like, every day we have 40 new emails, and I'm like, ah, I don't know how to keep up with these. I know. We're both like, we need to respond, but it's so hard to find the time. But we will, because we love reading them. Well, it's crazy, too, because we thought, we were just talking about this, we thought going home for the holidays we'd have so much more free time, and mm-hmm. that was our first mistake, because we should know that every time you go home for the holidays, your family plans things, and there's people yeah. to see, and things to do, and I've got all the family stuff, then I've got to see all the friends. I know. Because you're not home often, and you're definitely not on the East Coast as often no. anymore. Yeah, I'll fit them in somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere between... 12 a.m. and 10 a.m. Where the when the ghosts come in the darkness. Oh my gosh! Wait. Okay. So last night, a, a bunch of my f- friends we went up to my friend Nate's house and we were all staying up there overnight. And they all like listened to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And my friend Ben was like, "Oh, me and Emma should write our email to you about what happened." Like the stories he was telling me, I was like, "Is this real? Like this is so." crazy and so freaking scary oh my gosh uh-huh and his sister emma's had some other things happen to her in different homes too so i'm like okay you guys have to email yeah your stories so i can read them because if i just try to reiterate what you told me i'm gonna mess it up so it's crazy how people now are just coming out of the woodworks and like want to tell yes. us their ghost stories especially our friends like they're like finally someone gets it i'm not i've crazy. known ben since i was six years old and i had no idea that any of this happened to him Wow. But now that we have the podcast, people are like, oh, by the way. Yeah. I people love are it. comfortable telling us about it. I know. We're finding out a lot of things it's, about our friends. It's like therapy for ghost stories. <laughs> it's a safe space. It is. It really is. Should we just jump right into... Let's do it. Why not? Okay. <laughs> Who's going first? I'll go first. Okay. Because I picked out three instead of two, so we'll just go back and forth. Look at you, overachiever. (laughs) Well, they're shorter. So I was like, oh, I can squeeze three in. Okay. Okay. This one is from Bowen. He said, so I was just... Oh, he just went straight into it. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just starting to date this girl in high school, and she lived a little bit out in the country. We decided to hang out that night and to watch a movie. She asked if we wanted to watch at my house or her house, I said my parents are home, and she said her parents were going to be gone. And being your average hormonal high school male, it was a no-brainer to watch at her house. I suggested suggested her house, and she said she had to tell me something about her house before I went over. She said her house has ghosts. Oh, my gosh. They aren't. Like, what a warning. (laughs) I know. If you have to tell someone before they come over, that means, like, it's very active, right? Yeah. Oh, that's true. They aren't bad ghosts, but they are there. I asked her what kind of things happen, and she said, just creepy things. She's being so elusive about it. I know. She said she would come home from babysitting and get into bed. Her doll that sits on her vanity would end up sitting on her chest when she woke up. 
or a mini bouncy ball would fall and hit her on the forehead out of nowhere. The scarier things are things like the time that she was looking outside and there seemed to be a guy running from tree to tree without a head and little rocks being thrown at the windows randomly. The scariest thing was one night she was in bed and she heard whispering in the hallway. Her dad got up and ran to the hallway and saw three illuminated figures turn and run away. He turned on the lights and there was nobody there. All the doors and windows were closed and locked. Well, as your average hormonal high school male, I still chose to go to her house and watch the movie. I didn't really believe in ghosts. And, well, she was hot. (laughs) I love the way he writes. When I got there, it was a little creepy. It was a large farmhouse type house, but really updated and nice. We had pizza and talked for a while. She noticed I was looking around and a little uncomfortable. And so she reassured me that nothing bad was going to happen. We went down to the basement to start our movie. Ten minutes into the movie, I heard some banging upstairs, like cupboards opening and closing. Once I heard the footsteps, I asked her if anyone was home. She said, no, it happens. They'll get bored and stop. Just totally creeped me out. But she was hot. About 15 minutes later, it sounded like every dish in her kitchen was thrown down the stairs. I jumped about as high as I could. And when I looked at her, I could see that she was scared too. And that made me even more scared. As we crept upstairs, I prepared to see a bunch of dishes broken on the floor, but there was nothing. No mess at all. Nothing was broken, but the cupboards were wide open and the dishes were still there, untouched. As we closed the cupboards, a chair behind us fell backwards and I took off. I begged her to come with me and we could hang out at my house until her parents came home, but she said there was nothing to be scared of and decided to stay home. I bounced. We broke up a week later. I just thought the red flags were there and I did not ever want to go back to her house again. I figured she was going to end up some sort of serial killer or weirdo, so that was the end of us. Of course, she went on to be one of the top female surgeons in California. Well, there's my most terrifying ghost story and I believed in ghosts. I've believed in ghosts ever since. You guys are awesome. Bowen. Wow. Oh my gosh. Her doll sitting on her chest. And the fact that she said nothing bad ever happened. But I don't know, if a doll is sitting on your chest and a bouncy ball hits you in the middle of the forehead and there's a headless man jumping tree to tree, those kind of sound bad. Yeah, just just little things, you know. But good for her. She didn't become a serial killer. I'm proud of her. No, she's super successful. Well, that we know of. The angel of death. Mm Mm-hmm. So who knows? But how crazy for her, too, to, like, grow up having all those experiences in that house. That's just, like, her everyday life, where for us, it's... Like, it happens once in a while, and it terrifies the shit out of us, and then... Yeah. But it's so prominent for her, enough so that she used to tell people who are coming over. And then also, she went on to be a doctor, so she's got all of the science, and then all of her real-life experience, and they don't exactly mesh together a lot of the time, so... I wonder... I wonder if there were ever discussions that came up between, like, teachers or while she was in med school... Interesting. ...about that stuff, and... If she said anything, we should Google top female surgeon in California and <laughs> try to figure just out email who she is. all of them. Who lived in a farmhouse? <laughs> Track her down. Do you want to read me a story? Sure. Okay. This one's amazing. Okay. This is from Erin, and the subject is Guardian Angel is a lifesaver, literally. Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. First off, thanks for the podcast. My friends all think I'm psycho for loving ghost stuff so much, but they also 
no, I have a real reason to believe, which is this story. Sorry it's, lo- sorry it's so long. I tried to cut out as much as possible, but there's a lot of little details. Maybe not all of it is necessary, but I've told it so many times that I don't know what to cut out now. Plus, go big or go home, right? So this is the background. She says, when I was five, my dad was remodeling our house. He'd just taken out a huge 200-plus pound picture window from the kitchen that was panned and very old, original to the house that was originally built in the 40s. He leaned it up against the side of the garage and told all of us to avoid that whole side of the house while he waited for a friend to help him move it. But me, being the stubborn little bitch that I am, I got angry at my sister and her friends who wanted to play pets instead of house, and I ventured to that very area where the window was where the window was and proceeded to play house by myself. While doing so, I accidentally tipped the precariously placed window over and it fell on me. This thing is two hundred plus pounds. Oh my god. It shattered all over my body. I was later told that I definitely should have died, but miraculously didn't. The glass shattered all over my body. I was cut everywhere, even my head, but it had somehow missed my exposed neck and jugular artery. We know I didn't use my hand to cover my neck because there were no cuts there either. I either didn't scream or no one could hear me because it was hot out. We just had central central air installed so the windows were closed. It's possible I even passed out from the blood loss or pain. We seriously don't know. I somehow got out from under the 200-pound window as a five-year-old girl who oh was bleeding God. to death. <gasps> oh, wow. I don't remember any of it either. The first thing I do remember is standing at my back door, locking eyes with my grandma who was at the kitchen table, and then her screaming when she saw her tiny daughter covered from head to toe in her own blood. They called 911. A police officer was the first to arrive on scene. My dad was holding me together with dish towels. Oh, oh no. And I was rushed off in an ambulance. Miraculously, I was mostly fine. They stopped the bleeding. I got some stitches and was actually sent home a little more than 24 hours later. I now only have one scar on my elbow from the whole ordeal and a few tiny that my hair has grown over on my skull. While I was recovering at home, the cop that was the first to arrive came and gifted me with a smiley face balloon and a guardian angel pin. He just wanted to check in and make sure I was doing okay. It was no doubt a miracle, every detail of it. So the paranormal part. A few months later, we were talking about guardian angels, as you do in an Irish Catholic family. And my mom was asking my sister and I what we'd name ours if we had a chance. Remember, I was five. My sister Catherine said she would name hers Faith. And I said mine was already named, Guard My Spirit. My mom was dumbfounded and goes, what? I said, Guard My Spirit. That's what she told me when she saved me from the window. I have chills. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) I know. Oh my god. Isn't this amazing? So my mom said she didn't really probe, but from then on noticed me noticing her. Throughout my childhood, I knew she was there. I saved seats for her, I talked to her, I prayed for her to tell my family's guardian angels to protect them too. She's always been a real figure in my life and I've never doubted her existence. I can still physically feel someone around me a lot of the time, right behind me, which admittedly scared me for a period of time because it's creepy AF. But it's a calming presence, and I still know who it is. My favorite thing, though, is that ever since I can remember, when I see one of those little white butterflies, I know it's guard my spirit reminding me she's there. They always pop up when I'm really low. I've seen them in the dead of winter, in places where they don't really belong, and I've had them land on my shoulder. It's like your fruit fly, Corinne. Oh my gosh. 
And a few years after the accident, the cop that was the first to arrive on the scene and gave me the guardian angel pin was diagnosed with a brain tumor and given a few months to live. He was beloved in the community and wrote a little piece in our town's newspaper about how he knew there was an afterlife and he got confirmation once a day few, a few years ago when a little girl who should have died was bleeding to death in an ambulance could not stop talking about her guardian angel that had saved her. Oh my gosh. We've discussed if it could be anyone from our family that's passed and I've always thought it might be my mom's dad who I never met. But I also called her a she, so who knows. At this point, it's just me speculating because I don't remember most of what actually happened. But I feel like he was at least there because I've learned that he has a history of showing up for our members of our family when they're about to pass away. My grandma, his wife, jokes he's the Grim Reaper because so many people have said they've seen him before they go. Like my Aunt Margie... Like my Aunt Margie was in the hospital toward the end, and while my grandma was in the room with her, she looked into the corner and said, Oh, Jim, what are you doing here? Mary, why is Jim with you? And he wasn't there. He died in 88. That's happened a few times with different people. I think he helps them go to the right place when they die, and I think he probably helped me help bring me back that day because it wasn't my time. My mom's convinced I actually stepped into the other side that day because I have so many experiences. She says I'm... Faye. Guess I have something to do with my life now. Dot, dot, dot. No pressure. <laughs> Sorry this was so long. If you're still with me, thanks for reading. I tell a lot of people this story, and I've seen it help people believe in something bigger. And my grandma, being the holy roller she is, is convinced I'm supposed to share this story. It helps that I'm definitely the no-bullshit friend, so people believe me when I com- feel comfortable enough to tell them, which is also a blessing. It sucked to be shot down, but I guess I also have great friends. Thanks for the chance to share with you guys. Like I said, love the podcast and appreciate all the stories you share. Wow. That is amazing. I know. I like, and this is a theme that we've seen in other emails, that there's a relative that will appear and basically Mm -hmm. escort people and help people. But it did bring up the thought when she was saying that, she wondered if it was her grandfather, but that she had referred to her as a she. When people pass away, so everybody has a soul. We we believe right. that, obviously, because yes. you're a ghost. Um, <laughs> but you have a soul, and we also believe in reincarnation. Mm-hmm. So it makes me wonder if souls have one particular sex, and you just go and take turns being man or woman on earth but like right. what exactly are you when you're not on earth oh that's interesting do you have an assigned gender or is it whatever you last lived whoa or are you genderless and you can manifest in different ways Ooh, that's an idea yeah depending on who you're talking to if you think someone will be right. more comfortable speaking to a male or a female and you just portray oh yourself as that i think that story is so beautiful it's like those miracles that happen where you're like, how, how? There has to yeah. be intervention. Someone must have helped. And she's saying that, that she knows right. someone did. And the police officer, who was the first on the scene, even admitted to that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he took comfort in that when he was diagnosed know, with a terminal so cancer. It comes full circle. I know. Wow. Oh. Okay. I have one that I think is... A nicer-ish one. Okay. Okay. This is from Miriam. She said, Hi, Sabrina and Corinne. I love, love, love your podcast. It helps me survive my morning commute to my university. I have a story that isn't necessarily about me, but my aunt. 
So when my aunt was in college, she went to study abroad in Guatemala. She's from Nicaragua, so it's a hop, skip, and a jump. So one day, they were screwing around, as college students do, and one guy had the bright idea to be like, oh, let's play with a Ouija board, which, as you know, is never a bright idea. Nonetheless, they all agreed. So they pull the old game board out and are like, let's check to see if this is legit. So the first question they ask the ghost, parentheses, named Roberto, that came to them was to give them proof that he was really there. It should be noted that in true scary movie fashion, my aunt and her buds decided to play this with all the doors and windows closed and the lights off. At this point, all good ideas were out the door. (laughs) Anyway, they waited for a while, and just as they were almost convinced it was bogus, a knock came at the door. At the door was a woman with torn clothing and scratches all over her. She had just been raped. What? They quickly brought her inside and they asked her how she knew that anyone was there since the lights were off and the doors and windows were shut. And she said, what? No, the windows and doors were all open and I saw a really bright light. Your house was the only one lit up in the area here. And let's just say that they got their answers on whether Ouija boards were the real deal. I hope you enjoyed my family's story. As a gift for reading my email, here's a picture of my cat, (laughs) Miriam. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I got chills again. I got chills when I first read that, too, because, like, they opened up the board to the other side, and a woman outside that they didn't even know needed help got the help from the Ouija board. Right. Or from the spirit that came through. They gave the sign to the woman, come here. People are here. They will help you. That's – Wow. That's such a beautiful story to, I mean, Ouija boards traditionally, I feel like most of the stories we've read or heard are terrifying, but Mm -hmm. to hear that it offered like safety to someone in such dire need and that's amazing. It's, yeah, it just shows that sometimes the other side can be very helpful. Yeah. That poor woman. So it's almost like a guardian angel again. I wish all ghosts were guardians. I know. Can't you all just be good? I feel that same way about humans, though. I just wish everyone was good. I was just having this conversation with someone because we were talking about Nocturnal Animals, which is a movie that both (sighs) you and I love. Oh, my favorite. It's so good. Yeah, and he was asking me how I felt at the end, if I thought that she deserved what happened or if I felt bad for her. And I was just going back and forth and back and forth. And basically, we just ended on being like, well, we just hope everyone's a good person and everyone (laughs) just treats each other right and no one bullies and we'll never have to think about these things or make movies like this. Ugh, I wish. Okay, um, let's see. So this is from Gabby, and the subject is International Ghost. Hi, ladies. So I have had a few unexplainable experiences, and since I just subscribed to your podcast and love it so much, I'll share with you. The first one happened back in home in Venezuela. I lived in an, in an apartment when I was a kid, and there were always these weird noises coming from the upstairs, even though I was sure nobody was home, but the weirdest thing was a shadow behind the kitchen door. The door was open about 98% of the time, and it would rest against the wall. When the door was closed, you could clearly see the shape of a man with a top hat. Hat, <gasps> hat man! It always freaked me out, but my mom always said it was nothing. More like one of the creepiest, most terrifying shadow people in the universe. it's nothing, though. It's nothing. But don't worry. I wonder if the mom could see the hat man or if it was only appearing to her. I I bet that other people could see it. Oh, my God. Ooh, so creepy. Speaking of hat man, just to interrupt the story really quickly. 
When we right. posted about Hatman on our Instagram, I was surprised at how many people were like, oh my God, Hatman? Yeah, saw him all the time. Crazy. I was like, I've never seen Hatman and I don't want to. But Yeah, knock on wood, you never do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, fast forward to my late teenage years. I was living in a different apartment, but still back in Venezuela. My mom always said she felt someone pulling her toes in the middle of the night, but I never felt anything until this one night. Also, her mom says it was nothing, but felt people pull, felt something pulling her toes. She's just trying to make her yeah. child feel more secure. She knows yeah. something's happening. She knows there's something. So one night, my family was out of town for the weekend, and I had to get ready to go to a wedding. I was taking a shower and left the bathroom door open. All other rooms had the lights off and it was starting to get dark, but the bathroom light was lighting up a hallway that connected the bedrooms and the living room. I must add that my I must add that my mom's uncle was living with us until he died. He was really sick, so we were taking care of him. And this happened this situation happened about 3 months after he passed away. So I heard a noise, so I peeked my head out of the shower curtain to hear better and I saw a shadow. I was alone. My aunt and two cousins lived on the floor above us, so needless to say, I got out of the bathroom, grabbed my stuff, went upstairs to their apartment. I didn't mention what what had happened to me. I just said I didn't want to be alone. So I took a shower up there and nothing out of the ordinary. When I came out, I found all of them sitting on the couch in the living room looking petrified. I got scared and they told me that as soon as I got in the shower, they saw a shadow following me into the bathroom. <gasps> but I really didn't see it again. Just once after that happened, while I was alone and in my room, I heard noises coming from the kitchen, and, it, and when I went to go check it out, all of the cabinets were open. My mom kept feeling things, but I didn't. Wow. So then third, she has more. I'm, oh, my This gosh. is the last one of hers I'll read. Okay. But third, when I was in my 20s and living in Annapolis... I was an au pair working for this family who lived in a beautiful home built in the 1700s. Their house been used for so many things, from a school to a church, and it comes with a history book that every time I asked to see, I got an excuse and they wouldn't show it to me. I asked if their house was haunted, and they told me no every single time I asked. But clearly, they were hiding something. Yeah. I also love the idea that the that this house came with a book of its history. Yes, wait, there was another story that we had read a few episodes yes. ago, right? That they the I book. Think so came with it or maybe i read this story and responded to it i can't remember yeah i wish every house came with a book yeah that would be so cool okay so half of the house was built in the 1700s the half i slept in of course and the other half was built in the 1800s the the kitchen connects both sides so i was sure there had to be a ghost on my side of the house the whole family stayed on the other side of the house so i was pretty much by myself my room was on the third floor where there was also an empty guest room in the second floor, there was a bedroom, my bathroom, and then on the first floor, there was a living room, bathroom, and a coat closet below the stairs. The light in the room on the second floor would go on and off as it pleased, but I was always told it was an electrical problem. The doors in the downstairs bathroom would slam, but it was always the wind. I would hear footsteps on the stairs, but it was the wood settling, and I believed all of it until one day my host mom came home a little tipsy and finally told me there was a ghost who lived on my side of the house, specifically in the coat closet below the stairs. And she was, she was the one turning the lights on and off. I freaked out. She told me the house was so old that when they bought it, they were told if they were going to dig try to not do it too deep because there were bodies buried there from the 1700s, mostly slaves. And they didn't know what they could find. She told me the story about her older kid. When he was little, he would run downstairs in the middle of the night crying, saying that Mr. Cheetah was in his room. Apparently, there was a skin disease back then in the 1700s that would make you look like a cheetah. So they think the boy might have seen someone with it. It happened a few times, and then it stopped happening. 
What is this girl's name? Gabby. Damn, Gabby. So she says, I'm sorry my stories are all over the place. English is not my first language. I hope you enjoy them. Gabby, see you on the other side. She has so many, like, significant experiences. I know. And I didn't read all of them. There were a few other ones, but those were the bigger, more prominent ones. Wow. So yeah. many things happen, and then she can basically almost has proof or witnesses to some of them. I also love that the host mom was like, no, there's this house is totally normal. It's fine. And then the second she's a little tipsy, I may have lied a little bit. <laughs> I was scared, It's definitely too. haunted. Because she, she's living there. Like, she's... Yeah, she lived there. But also, could you imagine buying a house and the realtor says, if you want to make an expansion, just don't dig too deep because uh, there's probably there's some bodies, bodies. I guess you have to say that, though, if someone's going to buy your property. Did you see the photo? I'm sure you did. I think I oh, even no. retweeted it. What is it? The It was a, a while, like a few weeks back. There was a group of women that were at a plantation down south, and they took a <gasps> selfie. And yes. in the back... There is the face of like a young woman who, uh, like a slave, and her face is in the window pane looking out in the photo behind them. It's crazy. It's so clear and it's so scary and it's so real and it's also so sad. It's so sad. But also to, and especially to think that, that she's trapped there, you know? And just to think about the life that she probably led. I mean, I know. most slave owners. We're not, We're not nice. Nice, yeah. No, I mean slavery. Even if even if it was a nice owner, like you're you're still a slave, right? So, can't even imagine. Oh, and now her soul is not at rest. So I know that that's the sad part about ghosts, and I don't think all ghosts are not at rest. I just think like some people, I think, choose to stick around to mm-hmm. to send messages to their loved or, ones. Yeah, you could come back. I think that you can come back down to give warning or right. to help someone out in times of need. Right. But the idea that someone's stuck and unable to find peace is really sad. It is. It's like Ghost Whisperer when she goes around and helps all the souls move to the other side. I know. Love that show. Okay, well, let's end on, I have a positive one. Oh, great. This is from Courtney, and it's called, My Grandpa Has Reincarnated Into My Brother. What? It's so good. I read this to my parents last night. Wait, this is amazing. Okay. Hello there, fellow ghost enthusiasts. Love the podcast. All right, I'm just going to jump. Oh my gosh, Leah. She's going crazy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) She hasn't meowed in a while in our podcast. She's trying to get it all in now. I know. Okay. All right, I'm going to just, I'm just going to jump right into it. This is a story about how we found out my grandpa has been reincarnated into my older brother. My brother and I never really had the chance to meet my grandpa because he died years before we were born, but from what we've been told about him, he was an incredible man who was always full of life and ready for the next adventure. Turns out, he found it. When my brother was just about two, he was a bit slow on the talking and would rarely speak. One day, my dad was cleaning out the spare closet and pulled out my grandpa's old tracksuit that he wore almost every day of his last few years in life. Oh my gosh. My brother walked and saw my dad standing there with the suit and said in a complete sentence, what are you doing with that? Having caught my dad off guard by him talking, he responded with, I'm cleaning out the closet and getting rid of a few things. Then my brother responded with, don't lose that. It was mine when I was big and I'll want it back. Then walked out of the room. My dad instantly burst into tears 
and still does every time he tells the story. Since my brother is the splitting image of my grandpa, it's hard not to think my grandpa was getting a second go here at life. My brother hates the story. Haha. <laughs> it freaks him out. Well, thanks for reading my story. Keep up with the podcast. Courtney. Oh my gosh. Don't lose that. It was mine when I was big. I'll want it back. How crazy. That is amazing. I know. <laughs> and like, obviously it hit home with her dad and touched right. him so much to know that like that was his dad speaking to him. Oh my gosh. I wonder if if her brother now like still has any feelings of that or if he's he might kind of suppress it too since she said it scares him it freaks him out to think about that so maybe if there is like deja vu or something since he just doesn't even speak up and doesn't say anything of it for fear that it might not actually belong to his current life's memory oh my gosh i wonder but she did include a photo of her grandpa and a photo of her brother and they look i mean they're related but they look right they look very much alike and it's kind of a nice thought that he just wow. came back and Ugh, it makes my heart so warm. I know, and That's it just so is sweet. so cute that it's like it was the tracksuit. Like the tracksuit is what that made him speak. Made him speak. Yeah. Made his soul come out and be like, "Hey, hey, hey! Don't touch my tracksuit!" <laughs> wow, such a grandpa move. <laughs> it really is. Like, don't touch my <laughs> shit. Paws off the tracksuit, buddy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. This one had a good a good amount of heartwarming stories too. Yeah, it. we really did it like I mean, tis the season, it's it's Christmas. Everyone's with their families yeah. or celebrating in the Caribbean or wherever you go on the holidays. Yeah. So I guess it's nice to talk about the the lighter ones right now. Yeah. Guardian angels. Mm-hmm. Good ghosts. The good ghosts. We gotta balance out some of the tougher episodes with the lighter episodes. Mm-hmm. Not all ghosts are bad. No. But not all are good. Definitely not. Don't trust everyone <sighs> that's a ghost. Don't trust anyone. Don't trust anyone. <laughs> Definitely don't trust anyone who wears hats. No. Dead or alive. Yeah, they're hiding something under that hat. If they're a magician, it might be a bird. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're hoping for? If you see a shadow with a hat, it just takes the hat off and a dove flies <laughs> out. Like beautiful. That would be amazing. <laughs> but poor, poor magician ghosts who like pass on and then are stuck looking like the Hat Man. Oh my gosh! Do you think that that's a thing that people will die and relive their profession? Like be a I magician so. or be a clown or. Well, Seth did. Seth came back and wrote. We don't know what Seth was in a past life. Though. That's true. But he had a profession in his ghost life. Yeah, I mean, he was an educator for sure, a lecturer. Right. All right, well, should we just wrap it up? Just tie a little bow around it? There you go, guys. There's some nice heartwarming ghost tales. Some a little bit Mm -hmm. creepy, dolls on chests, but also people looking out for you. Happy holidays, and please send us your ghost stories. We love reading them, and we will respond to them. Send them to twogirlsoneghostpodcast at Mm gmail.com. Rate us and review us on iTunes. We are mm-hmm. also on Spotify and just about everywhere else that you listen to podcasts. We yeah. have a Facebook group you can like. We have a private Facebook group you can join if you want to see creepy photos and hear other people's stories and just join the discussion. Mm-hmm. We have Twitter. We have Instagram. And if you have any suggestions, like some of the topics we've covered recently came from 
yeah. you guys asking us to do something or say, hey, have you heard about this or have you ever thought about that? So reach out to yes. us. Let us know what you like. Right. Or if you hear of anything really creepy. Yeah. We do this for, well, obviously for ourselves, but also for your, you guys, our listeners, and we love having you mm-hmm. participate in the conversation. So yes, please tell it's us, definitely give turned us suggestions. From, like our passion project to wanting to include the whole community in this. Totally. Mm-hmm. So thanks, yeah. guys. Thanks. We will see, see you on the on other, other side. side.